0: It almost hear a yay in the email. It goes, stir up Sunday, you know. And and then my wife starts on it and stuff like that. Stir up Sunday. The college should be read, not like this. Stir up. Sunday. No. It's it's a call to action. In fact, the word uh, comes from the Latin excita. So it is stir up. You know, give us the strength, the ability, the, the want to, to become what God would like us to be. Stir up and make us a new person. Hey, we're adding into Advent. And Advent calls us to become a new. Come a new person. Not a new person to receive those Christmas gifts. A new person to receive the baby Jesus in a new way in our lives. Advent is a calling to become a new I look forward to Advent. I love Advent because of that. You know, we, we sit up there and either in Saco or up at camp in front of a fire, and we, we have the Christmas decorations up, not till Christmas. If you put them up before Christmas, don't tell you know, Some people do, and I guess you have to. But, you know, to get excited about all the good things of Christmas, that Jesus coming into our life in a new way. And in meeting up with family and having you know, family dinners and getting to know each other in a new way. You know, I've heard on the uh, TV more than once in the last few days you don't talk about politics or religion at the That's a bunch of malarkey. You know, if somebody comes in my house, they're going to know I'm going to talk about religion. I may mention politics a little bit, but i want to talk about religion. I don't hide it. Don't talk about religion. That's why we come to church. That's why we have families to tell them about Jesus, tell them about God, but don't talk about religion. My gosh, whatever we come to hide from our religious beliefs. I think it's just, do any of you have that in your family? I don't want to know. know, Do any of you have those, those children who don't want to talk about religion? Just, so our Old Testament lesson today It's one of my favorite in the Bible, because you have David, you can just see David on top of his flat roof, that's what they had back then, uh, where they'd hang their laundry, where they'd have entertaining and whatnot. And David's out on top of his, his flat roof castle, looking over all that he owned, you can just see him like, what's that? That's Bathsheba. And his eyes get as wide and as big as Texas. And he says to his servants, he says, who's that? And they said, that's Bathsheba, the wife of the Hittite the general. And he says, whoa, <laughs> he's out in the far lands fighting battles this time of year. I will send for her. And then it says, he laid with her. Now, if you don't know what that means, there's a little study hall after church today, I will tell you exactly what that means. And she sends him a note later on saying, Hey dude, I'm pregnant. He goes, Yikes. I paraphrased rather loosely there. Um, and so he sends for the general to come back. And he the general comes back and he Has a party, he sends him home with meat and all the nice trimmings from the dinner and thinking that he's going to go lay with his wife. Problem solved. No, he doesn't. He lays outside of the castle with his servants and stays there all night. David finds out about it and he gets him drunk and thinks, this is certainly going to work, but it doesn't. He says, I'm not going to go eat drink, drink and be merry and have a relationship, lay with my wife when my feet, soldiers are out there, you know, in tents and stuff. I'm just not going to do that. And he does. So King David says, Stay around here a couple days and then go back into the battlefield. And he sends a note to the generals out there saying, Put him in the front lines. I think the word was the hottest area, that is the hottest fire, not fire, but where there's battle. And sure enough, he dies. Now, there's several important messages in this lesson today. One of them, I think most importantly, is if you think you've done something bad, I bet it doesn't compare to what David did. Anybody want to challenge that? David was a bad person, but he loved God and he repented. God doesn't take the best of us to make us better, He takes the worst of us to make us better. You look at the disciples, 12 ordinary men called to be extraordinary. And there wasn't one of those disciples who was extraordinary when he entered into the service of Jesus. Not a one. And here David again God takes the worst of the worst if you want to call it. And makes him at least acceptable in his sight. And then we have Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Now he read that earlier. Raise unto David a righteous branch. So we go further down into Samuel. Samuel 7th chapter, it's... It's all about uh, the Davidic covenant that God makes with, uh, with David. And I encourage you, if you are not you know, you're sitting around the fire this afternoon, maybe a little bit of sherry or whatever. You're sitting there going, my, what should I do? But well, I would think that you'd like to take out your Bibles and go to 2 Samuel, the 7th chapter, and find out all about what it's got Nathan is given that I won't do it all, but I will take you to the 12th verse of the 7th chapter. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body. This is talking to David. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom before Forever. So out of something really terrible, David, comes something good. Let me prove it to you. If you'd open your, if you want to, your pew Bibles to page 807. That's Matthew. And if you can read this print, you're better than me. I can barely read it, so bear with me. 807, the first chapter of Matthew, which goes over the genealogy. Of jesus and you go to the fifth verse that's about 20 percent down on that page and Solomon solomon the father of Boaz, by rahab and the, the, tell my dyslexia boas the father of obed by ruth and obed the father of jesse and jesse the father of david the king and David was the father of Solomon, and it goes down and on and on and on, begot, 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 begot. You go all the way over to the 16th verse, which is down at the bottom of the page. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who was called the Christ. So without going through each one, you see that from David as promised by God in the covenant, that from his, from his seed comes Jesus. Again, something very bad becomes something extraordinarily good. All things are possible with God. Then you come to our gospel lesson today, the feeding of the 5,000. And go to the last verse of that gospel. last verse of that gospel we, we read this gospel every year but the last verse happens to be very telling the crowd referred to jesus as the prophet they didn't acknowledge him as the messiah and here jesus had just done some healing it's a miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. And they still recognized him only as a prophet, which comes from Deuteronomy 18, 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from the midst of your brethren." And it's sad. After all he did, they only again recognized him as a prophet. John's Gospel, which again I say is my favorite gospel. I think it's just absolutely written very beautifully, it has four miracles recorded in it. This miracle of the feeding of the five thousand is recorded in all the gospels. In all the gospels. And in fact, it changes a little bit from gospel to gospel, but essentially the same. It's an important reading that, again, with God, all things are possible. This is the message I want to share with you today. When you look at something and it just, how am I going to do this? This is impossible. Does it hold you down from fixing something that needs to be fixed? Or do you look at problems somewhat in your mind, insurmountable, and you say, I can't, this can't be done, we can't. Or do you look for ways to to get it done as best you can? That's important, it's how we look at things. We come into this season of Advent that leads to Christmas, that leads to the birth of Jesus, a rebirth in us. And we should be coming and saying, how in this season of Advent am I gonna make myself more joyous to receive the gift of God in my life again? How am I going to help others to receive the gift of Jesus, God, in their lives? What am I going to do other than just do for myself? God calls each and every one of us to help each other, to be there for each other, to give to each other. And I hope he calls you in this season of Advent to improve your spirituality and to improve the spirituality of those around you. And for God's sake, when you have your family over, and you're sitting there at the table, talk about Jesus. Amen. That was an exclamation point.